Hi, everybody. Today, uh, we have a recorded episode for you, and we will be talking about occult and witchy TV and movies and discussing what they've got right and what they've got wrong and sharing some opinions on this, like we always do. If you're new here, give us a like and a subscribe and follow us on all our socials. Um, I think the ones that we we really, really want you to follow us on just to stay up to date with us, definitely follow our Patreon. That's where we post all our updates. Any changes with what's going on with our schedule, that will all be there. Like I've said numerous times, you do not have to pay to follow us there. If you feel like subscribing and paying and supporting, that's great. We love you for that. But we love you for just showing up. So thank you. All right. Who wants to start? What movie? Who who wants to talk about what movie? I guess I'll start because we all know where I'm going to go. We know. So I don't even know if I need to Harry say the title. Potter. I'm just, I'm just going to start talking about one of my favorite series of all time. <laughs> right? We all hear actual practitioners on a regular basis say, it's not Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. This, that's not real. You can't compare what we do to what's in these movies. But here's the thing. You kind of can. Because... Regardless of her being human trash, she kind of did some research when she was writing these books. A lot of names that are dropped were real people. Nicholas Flamel was a real person. The Philosopher's Stone was a real thing. Uh, If we get into later books and we start talking about like Nagini, Nagini, I'm so sorry that I, I can't believe I forgot the name, but it is an Asian folklore where people transform into a I don't know if it's just reptiles or snakes but definitely animals and it's a curse and it, it's like a real thing I've read about it in the past um so there are actually a lot of things in Harry Potter that are rooted in real occult things like a lot of spell work being rooted in Latin that's pretty common it is a little cliche, but it is common and it is rooted in fact. Um, so though I do agree, this is not Harry Potter. You're not going to turn your enemy into a ferret and shove him down his friend's pants. But also at the same time, I don't want to completely shit on the series because there are a lot of things in it that were legit. And I actually think Brandy some years ago brought up the thing about Nicholas Flamel being a real person. Yeah, because I'd heard the name a long time ago, and I was like, wait, wait, there's some real shit to that. <laughs> oh, so much I, real. Didn't you say there was one other person that was mentioned? I forgot their name, but I think there was somebody else that was mentioned alongside Nicholas Flamel that was actually a real person as well. I, I don't want to throw a name out there, but yeah, um, I can't remember the name either, but there's there's several different real names that are dropped through that series. And if you're not a practitioner and you're not into researching and studying, you're not gonna catch it. You're just gonna think it's a character. But like it caught my eye. And to be honest, that's exactly how I saw it for a while. I didn't pay any attention. I thought Nicholas Flamel was just character she made up. Um I didn't it was so fantastical of a movie and a book series that I didn't really think to actually fact check it because it's fiction. But unfortunately, a lot of times 
a lot of the movies that are just like, this is a fictional movie that I made up in my brain. When you, once you start studying the occult, you'll be like, oh no, you actually, somebody told you that. <laughs> you didn't just know that. Somebody told you that. And then, you know, we've had guests like Pan Pan on that are like, yeah, no, they 100% use occult members as, um, what's the word? Like for advice, advisors, yeah. well, I advisors. guess. Yeah. yeah, they do. A lot of movies actually do that. And I mean, I know I know she when they did the Harry Potter movies, they had several from around the world, like different cultures and different people on set helping them. Like, you know, you especially like when they're doing the herbology classes and stuff, a lot of the herbs they're talking about and use are actually real things. Like everybody knows the mandrake root from harry potter yeah. and stuff you know <laughs> and like when they're in snape's class there's a whole bunch of different things that are actually real that don't sound real that they've used and gotten from all these advisors from different cultures well and so before we go any further i think this will be a perfect time then to to really kind of put out there i don't know if you'd call it a disclaimer but you know one of the reasons that what we're about the the different movies and and stories and and shows that we're about to talk about one of the reasons why they were so popular is because i think a, a lot of authors know that um the element of truth makes for a good story you know that's what that i mean and rice did it you know, um, a lot, of, even though her characters were all fictional characters, she used real life places, either modern day or historical. And that brings a lot of um, credit, if you will, you know, to to the storyline. And so I think um, and I think people recognize that um, whether or not they truly recognize it, you know, like like Miss Mountain Gypsy recognizing a name or just recognizing the feel like Hestia did when she first started watching it before she learned the stuff, you know? So, so our goal today is not to poo poo on this stuff and say, it's all crap. We're here to let's break out a little bit, the fact versus the fiction, because there are some good stuff in, in some of these shows and movies that we're about to bring up. Yeah. And, and it like, I agree with what Bella just said. Like, I still enjoy Harry Potter as a series. No, I don't support J.K. Rowling. But um, now I'm about to tell you what I think is incorrect and gives people false hopes about Harry Potter, even though I do still like the series. But um, and, and this isn't to shit on the series itself, the actors or the people who like like the world of Harry Potter. But it has unfortunately popularized the idea of I'm going to go to a school and learn how to be the most magical person you've ever met. <laughs> yes. And and it also gives people false hopes of what this is. Again, I can't wave a stick in the air and turn my enemy into a ferret. So, you know, that's, that's just not how it works. So I do think that that's kind of problematic because it's, this was a children's series. This was not marketed to adults. This was marketed to children. This came out when I was in elementary school. 
So we're not even talking almost adults that were reading this. We're talking about 10, 11, 12 year old kids whose mind is still very formative. And this was marketed to them. So that's, I do feel like this played into why we're seeing these people now that are young adults being like, oh, they're very into the fantastical idea of what being a practitioner could be, but they have a fantasy fictional movies spin basically leading their thought on what it should be. And that's when I find it problematic because there's so many things in it that are rooted in reality and history and fact that I have literally seen fans of the series start to try to make it sound like the entirety of it could be real. Because yeah. look, this person was real. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. So it must be real, right? And it's like, this is where I'm going to kind of pick apart the the dumbing down of people because where are your critical thinking skills? What fictional <laughs> book do you, have you read that doesn't have anything from reality? Like nothing, no humans, no actual history, no real places. They're few and far between. Most fictional things have something, something no matter how obscure something from reality. And so if that is your only basis for saying that this is factual, I'm sorry, but the system failed you. You don't know how to use critical thinking skills and you should probably focus more on that than your fantasy roles. So I think that's where I'm going to leave Harry Potter, <laughs> but that that's kind of my pro and con there. Does it have a lot of things that are rooted in reality, whether it's the herbs they were using for their workings there, um, you know, historical figures. Uh, the Philosopher's Stone was based on the the eternal life elixir or whatever it was called, where you live forever, fountain of youth. There's so many different things that people call it around the world, but basically it was supposed to be based in alchemy. And, and all of this is very traceable in the occult. Like a lot of people in the occult have gotten into alchemy to try to find this. So yeah, there's a lot there of things is one that, thing that I have to say about it. And this is a, just a personal pet peeve. I'm sure a lot of people don't care. And a lot of people will get kind of irritated with what I'm about to say. But I'll <laughs> tell you, probably, yeah, I, I am one of those that uses that statement like this is not Harry Potter and, you know, the very sarcastic tone. But, um, but I think... What I what what is a truly personal pet peeve is when people use the word muggle. And I find that <laughs> the cult community today uses that term a lot to talk about mm -hmm. people who do not practice. And I don't know, for some reason that it's a pet peeve of mine. I'm not trying to say it's right or wrong. You want to keep using that word, go for it, whoever uses that word. It just seems like it's so specific to, you know, a very popular movie or movie series. Um, we already had a word for that that's been used for like close to a hundred years now, if not longer, which is they're, they're, you know, they're, it's the mundane. We already have a word for it. Why do we need to put in a, a new Hollywood word? I, and so that's just, that's just me. That's just me. Well, I, I'm, I'm not trying to make a point. Well, so. I am real quick. So hold on. Yeah. <laughs> hold your britches, Bella. <laughs> no. Okay. Now I'm going to come to 
the defense of using the term. Not not even as a Harry Potter fan. I can actually look at it from I am a fan of language and how it changes. Language is constantly in the chain in the in the phases of changing. And I use the term muggle because I think it's hilarious. Because when I say it, you know what I mean. Mundane, yeah. <laughs> mundane literally means of the world. Muggle yeah. means a human with no magic. Exactly. See, see what I mean, that's why I'm like, you know what? Is does it have a corny origin? Yes, uh, but a lot of things do. A lot of things do. Like, a lot of things again. that are regularly used as American vernacular English right now. Yes, mm-hmm. it, they come from very weird places. Like f- people say phrases like "cool beans," brandy. <laughs> so it's like, since I was eight years there's old. A lot of there's <laughs> a lot of really weird things that come from somewhere in pop culture pop culture is constantly changing how we talk and not only do i use it but i think it's funny and i actually think it's more specific than mundane because mundane is also a word used in astrology to mean astrology of the world so when i hear the word mundane i instantly just think of the world and like i said you know i i wasn't saying that to to change anybody's mind or like make some sort of stand or statement it like I said, and say, and it is a personal I'm not pet peeve. Yeah, and, I'm not and I don't know if I will ever get out of <laughs> that pet peeve. I think it'll it'll just stick with me for quite a while. But see, it's look, just this a person. I don't say thing. anything, and I don't snap at anybody for it. I may just roll yeah. my eyes. <laughs> in see, private. this is another thing that needs to come up in this episode too. Is um, pop culture references are going to be different based on age and what generation you're from you're older than me so yeah mm-hmm. things that I say are going to sound corny and childish to you things that you say are sometimes going to sound outdated to me that's just life yeah. and you yeah. know um I also think that that plays into our discussion today because some of the movies we're going to talk about are from different decades I'm talking mm-hmm. about movies that are from very recent history so Harry Potter um I wouldn't really say it's one of my favorites, but it is one that I do have a strong opinion about. Um, First of all, I (laughs) just to get out of the way of like what I don't like about it is um, I really don't like how witches and wizards are the exact same thing, except uh, witches are the female of the species, whereas wizards are the male of the species like that for some reason just really bothers me because like um in how i t- see and define witches um in accordance with my practice um that just really uh, kind of irks me <laughs> a little bit um i also do not like how they need wands in order to cast um that actually that part is actually true with some magical practitioners um uh they say that for those who can't really generate their own magical ability like they have to somehow access it uh so having uh an enchanted object such as a wand allows would allow someone to access um magical channels and be able to force their will into existence water is not so that's something that I do have to remind myself. It's like, you know, there is not really a whole lot of reality within Harry Potter, at least in my opinion. Like it is, you know, 
a completely fictional world. <laughs> what about you, Miss Mountain Gypsy? Well, my okay, it, it's really corny, but it's it's a thing. But like, I really like practical magic. Like, it's always been my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, and like, I really like it because <clears throat> it has that like premise of, you know, how we tell you everybody like your spells may not come turn out the way you plan them. Like it may go a totally different direction. And that whole movie, like to me, like shows what the hell could go wrong, especially with people with their love spells and stuff like that. Like it may not be what you want and shit like that. And I know when they did that movie, they had several people on set that were actual practitioners one apparently was very problematic because they tried to like they told the director and stuff if they didn't pay them x amount of money that the whole movie would be cursed and shit but they did have a lot i know nicole kidman and um and uh what's her name sandra bullock Uh, Sandra Bullock made sure that they had a lot of consultants on that movie and stuff. Consultants. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, consultants on that movie. And like that to me, that does like show the world of how wrong something could go. And it also like if you think like the whole premise of the movie is also like generational curses and trauma like you know, that ticking beetle, like anytime someone actually falls in love and finds someone, that beetle comes around all because their great great grandmother and shit put out like a whole generational curse thing. You know, and I like and I like that that sign is specific to them. It goes back to what we've said when we make fun of you for everything being a sign, because that is actually hilarious. And I will continue to make fun of you for that. That is not a place I've had personal growth. Um, I will 100 percent still make fun of you for thinking every little thing that happens is a sign, because when it is one, there will be zero doubt. And for that family, like to me, that same exact beetle could land on my face right now. And it would not mean anything to me other than there is a bug in my house and I need to kill it. But for them, you know, they knew what that meant on site. There was no, hey, auntie, what is this about? Hey, sis, what is this about? It was like, oh, shit. Immediately. They didn't even have to think about it. No. Let me ask you, was there anything about that movie that you felt they got wrong? Actually, like, not really to me. Like, the whole, you know, somebody coming back as a zombie and shit. But, like, to me, like, it really didn't get too much wrong. Except for, you know, the fantastical Hollywood thing of how everything just happens and stuff like that. But It like, happens quick and fast and aggressively in Hollywood. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's all the way wrong. I've done things where, like, it came to fruition in a way that like kind of scared me it was so quick like oh i mean it's happened with bella too you know yeah yeah like there's times where we've done something and it just happened immediately so i'm not saying things can't happen immediately they can but i agree with what you're saying don't 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 bank on it and also like you know how the aunties have like you know people come to them from in town and stuff like that one scene with the lady who comes in crying about her husband like it shows 
the kind of people we do attract sometimes when we do run a business and everything as well. So it's like, to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Cause, or no, that was the aunt, right? Yeah, because remember the when, aunt, when they were uh, little? Like Sandra sitting, had a candle shop, right? Yeah, she had a lotions and uh, a lotions and body, you know, an apothecary kind of beauty shop. But like okay. when they flash back, it's been to a when while since I saw that. When they flash back to when Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman were little, and they're sitting on the staircase watching their aunts do this for this lady, you know, it also shows that we do use animals sometimes because that poor dove, you know, had to get stabbed. But I mean, like, it just shows what, like, everything that, that, you know, things may not turn out the way you want. And, <clears throat> you know, it may uh, turn into a shit show. Or <gasps> I know what movie I want to do next. Or I didn't spell, even plan on it. A spell that you did, like, 20 years ago could, like, finally come into fruition. You know, how she made that wish about finding the right person and stuff. And then... Here comes what's his name, the the cop guy, like twenty years later. So, so do you think that, say that there is one thing that that I felt like they got quote unquote wrong, and I think wrong is a little bit too strong of a word. Um, and it's not it's not actually magic specific. It was when that movie was made. I think it might have been more. I think today, I think it's a little bit more dangerous to do what they did, which was they reached out to what was it, the PTA group or, you know, the group of of women Mm -hmm. for help. And it was, you know, it was very lovely. It was, you know, it was very kumbaya, yay, women getting together and that great. And everybody was just like, sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's, I think in today's time, that's a was a, that's a little too naive. Yeah. And so don't. Because have I any of you have either afraid. of you ever have either of you ever asked mundane people to join you in a working? No. Hell no. no. And would you <laughs> no. even consider it? Would you even consider no. it? Absolutely no. not. Look. Yeah. If I'm going to be 100 percent honest, I'm actually going to go and say no that they did get that wrong, like wrong, wrong, like blatantly wrong. Like I would never. In fact, the closest thing I could even think of off the top of my head to asking somebody mundane to partake in anything I'm doing as a practitioner would be to lend me your energy in a way that I am talking to my husband. I'm not going to delve that, into that any further, yep. but I'm not going to delve into that any further, but you know, it, it, you know, that's its own kind of working in and of itself. And he's not doing anything, you know, it's just like, you're kind of there, <laughs> but. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what I was going to allude to is that, you know, um, in that sense, would, would I use like a person, a, a non-practitioner in that sense, it would be using their energy. So, mm-hmm. you know, perfect example. But you're not is, doing all you know, that what shit those, with brooms. Right, exactly, exactly. But you know, perfect example would be you know the um, the the chaos in the '90s that mm-hmm. used the energy at the Metallica concert. You know, none of them knew that that was happening. Didn't ask for their permission to use it. You know, it was it was a, a group energy feed feed that they use. So certainly, and that happens that more case, often than you think. Anyway, just people oh, don't yeah. talk about oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Um. 
but yeah, to blatantly like go to, hey, I know you guys think that normally we're weird because we are, but you want to come over and help us and everybody grab a broom. And that's the funniest part, because not only would we never ask a mundane neighbor, look, most of us hesitate to ask other practitioners. On a on a real level, most of us hesitate to ask our own kind for that kind of help. But you yeah. want us to go to people that may or may not judge and accept that and ask them to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, we don't want to ask. Second of all, what makes you think that they would say yes? Exactly. That gave us. And what the- makes you think that they won't use that against you afterwards? Yeah, yeah. That, that whole part of the movie gave people false hope of acceptance. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And that's what that's what I mean. That that that's what I mean by yeah. And and Hestia, you know, you said it's absolutely wrong. You know, I I didn't want to. I was trying to be nice and say, Why? you know, <laughs> that's not on brand. <laughs> we need yeah, you to well, get on brand. This isn't the the nicey witchies podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, guys, get over yourselves. Don't think about asking your neighbors or your PTA group, please. Just don't. Yeah, because not I unless you want to cause it's... trouble for yourself, especially in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I guarantee exactly. you, there will be angry, angry people in your front yard that night. Relax. Be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Do that shit yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, don't do that. Don't. No, seriously, don't do that. Now, I, I just thought about it. Like, we need to actively tell you, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. You will put yourself in danger. Do not do that. Like, we and can sit here and joke things- about it, but that's real. Do not do that. Don't. don't do Plus, that. That's one of the things, you know, a, a, one of the themes that I'm going to kind of bring up in the movies and the shows and everything, you know, it it um again all very popular you know people um were attracted to it um a lot of good you know happy kumbaya ideas that come out of it you know at the end of the day we are pointing out things that they got right things that they got wrong but at the end of the day you have to remind yourself you just finished watching a work of fiction okay so Anything that you take away from it, even things that might have some truth to it, especially when it comes to um, the the less tangible things like how you're how things are going to be accepted. Please don't be naive about that. You know, a lot a lot of these movies are going to it, they want to make you feel good. It's going to be a feel good thing. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate translate in real life. And I had one last thought on practical magic before we moved on. I actually don't think, like, I do think it it does kind of show what could quote unquote go wrong. But also part of me wants to point out that in some situations, when you do a working, if you don't fully understand it and what the repercussions are and what the working actually is telling you it's going to do. If you don't fully understand what that means when it's like, hey, it's going to do this and this and this, but you don't fully understand what this and this and this is and what that means long term and you do it and you might be like, oh, it went wrong. No, it went correct. It hit and it did everything it told you it was going to do. You just were not ready for that. You thought you were, but you are not. That is not something going wrong. Or you worked off superficial needs and didn't take the time to really drill down and look inside. 
and see what mm-hmm. it is that you truly needed and wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And we we did actually a whole um, video on that, not a podcast. It was a video that um, we talked about, you know, can spells really go wrong? What does it mean when a spell goes quote unquote wrong? And that's exactly, you know, what we talk about is, you know, did it go wrong? Most of the time I'm going to, you know, again, because I'm not one to say always and never. Um, I'm going to say the vast majority of the time, this, like Hestia said, the spell didn't go wrong. It just didn't go as you expected because perhaps you didn't take everything under consideration. And that's where I think, um, to me, that is a, um, that's where I kind of draw the line in the sand of an experienced practitioner and a newer practitioner. Not that a newer practitioner is not smart, but they haven't done enough, you know, and really probably have not been introspective enough to really understand that, that, um, what happens in the subconscious is just as powerful, if not more powerful, than what you are trying to manifest just superficially what you think you want to happen. Yeah. And to and to pick that apart just one final layer deeper, um, you have to look at what components are in the working. Because I can say love spell. I could say all three of us on our own, don't talk to each other at all. Go just formulate, just write one out, write a love spell out and we could come back and compare it. And none of them are going to be the same. None of them are going to be the same. And they're going to focus on different aspects because see, we all have different mentalities. So what I consider to be love is not what Bella considers to be love is not what Brandy considers to be love. I want you to be borderline infatuated with me. (laughs) like I want you to be my biggest fan I don't want nonchalant love I want aggressive love so I'm willing to write that into workings for myself if that's what I wanted but some people don't want to feel suffocated some people want freedom and space and they still want their independence they want an equal partner they don't want somebody who like worships them and you know like different people want different things different people's uh, um, definition of love is different so you might go to somebody like say you come to me and you're like I my husband I feel like is falling out of love with me can you help me and let's say your story is compelling enough to where I would be like sure um so I'm doing this and it, I'll tell you like this is what comes with this this is what comes with this and then you come to me and you're like I can't breathe like my husband's always up my ass he's always doing this he wants to spend time with me all the time I need space I I just I feel like I'm suffocating. And I'm like, well, I thought this is what you wanted. This is love to me. I don't need space. I don't need air. I'll breathe your air. <laughs> so- and let me throw another wrench in this. Um, and that, you know, once I say this, some people are going to go, that's impossible. How am I going to do that? But you have to also take into account or at least keep in the back of your mind and understand that what you want today may not necessarily be what you want tomorrow. Uh, more realistically what you want in 10 years, we change, we ourselves change. And you need to understand that too. So, you know, what you, and it goes back to, again, looking inward and really understanding who you are, what you are, what you need versus what you want, you know, and and take all of that into consideration. And if you change in 10 years, that means that other person will change in 10 years too. You might not even like them anymore. And now you cannot shake them. 
Yeah. I only know one person who's had a negative love working situation and it lasted over 20 years and she was miserable. He was miserable. They had both changed drastically as people like, and I remember just watching it. Like I hadn't even started studying yet. This was like, this is far removed family. And I just remember being like, I don't know what's going on, but it is bad. <laughs> they hate each other. They the hated each other and could not get away from each other. But they still were, they would still look you in the face and be like, I don't know why I can't leave, but I do think I love her. I don't know why I can't leave, but I do think I love him. And it's just, oh my God. Like, like now looking back, like later on, she did tell me what she did. I know exactly how she did. I know what comes with it. She dabbled in something she had no business doing. She did not understand it. And then was miserable for over two decades of her life. Practical magic. Practical Magic is one of my favorite witch movies of all time. I'm sure it's a lot of people's favorite witch movies of all time. Um, there is a lot of uh, realism in that one, believe it or not, um, especially when it comes to genetic witchcraft, which, as most of you know, like that is like my, that's one of my fortes is, um, you know, genetic witchcraft and the power of, of the witch. So in Practical Magic, seeing uh, how it's passed down through through a family line is completely accurate. Also, some of the powers that they had in that one as well, um, those are, I would say, like, like probable powers. Like when Sally can like hear her daughter, she could hear her daughter crying, um, and then uh, that other little girl, like being able to to see uh, the spirit of the man that they had killed. Uh, one of my favorite parts in that episode is in the beginning, when that woman comes to them for a love spell. Like that, <laughs> that to me is like a really accurate depiction of of a witches for hire, and I like how they were saying. Like, well, perhaps you would find one better suited. No, no, he's all I think about. I want him to love me so much they can't stand it. Then she takes, she stabs the bird and Dion takes the pin. Be careful what you wish for. Um, Although there's not really a whole lot of mention of any males in their family, which is funny. Um, one, it, it's always um, a brunette and a redhead. Like, they're always like born in pairs, where it's a brunette and a redhead. <laughs> oh, another one of my favorite scenes is when um, uh, Sally's daughter was like fighting with that little boy and she, I hope you get chicken pox. She points at him. Like uh, that, I believe is actually very, very probable when it comes to the power of the witch. I mean, um, I know a lot of us can relate of times when we you know, make something happen. You just think about it like, oh, I wish that bitch would fall on her face. And then like, you feel like a charge or a shift with, within yourself. And then that bitch like falls, like trips and falls flat on her face. <laughs> oh, and then there's the Belladonna. But I, I like about the Belladonna, uh, the type of Belladonna I think they were using was a trope of Belladonna. And how she said, like some people put it in their teeth to relax. Um, in whole in herbalism and holistic healing of 
uh, sometimes a trope of belladonna, it can be used to um, bring someone out of a panic attack because what it does is that it slows your heart rate and your breathing down. And of course, if you take too much of it, it can slow your heart rate and your breathing down to the point where it would just, you know, stop. Um, a lot of people do get get it confused with black nightshade as well. Um, black nightshade, I think, would cause like more like flu-like symptoms and hallucinate hallucinations. But yeah, um, I do like how he he was you know poisoned with belladonna because <laughs> that's actually what I use for for self defense as well. Um, I really wish I could do what they they did at the end, jump off the roof and fly. I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, but that probably is like pretty improbable. But as as you know, like when it comes to witchcraft movies, like no matter how much uh, reality or um, accuracy, accuracy or truth that they act that they put into it, they still have to you know uh, juice it up for entertainment value. So of course, like um, what the witches are able to do in terms of uh, their power or their magic is usually very exaggerated. <laughs> let's let's move into TV shows. These are both shows from around the 90s. Um and they were two different shows, but um they they both have kind of the same type of thing that I wanted to talk about. And that is Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Willow mm -hmm. and um and Charmed not the reboot the the original version um i i think um right off the bat the part that they get wrong if you will and again i put that word in quotation because it's not that they got it wrong they were literally portraying portraying fiction fantasy which is when their when their magic and their spells um were fantastical and actually like like Hesia was saying earlier like actually physically changing changing a dude into a ferret or something you know th those are obviously not uh based in truth okay that's not how magic works however um some of the things that they did get right and and, and those are also shows that we know also had consultants advisors um they it, it also remember the time. The time was the 90s. And so a lot of the stuff back then, not just those shows, but let's talk, but since we're talking about those shows in particular, very Wiccan based. Mm -hmm. That information, especially back then, was kind of really just the, I don't want to say the only information available out there, but probably the easiest to get to, the easiest, most accessible, and probably the, the people that that were easiest to get to consult were Wiccans. Um, Charmed. Now, uh, growing up, I was a big fan of Charmed. <laughs> I got, I, I was, and what's funny is that my parents even liked it as well. Um, even though in Charmed, they do use a lot of those like Wiccan principles, um, and I think that they even kind of tie some of those, um, some of that like Christian mythology in terms of like demons because uh the the whole you know like premise or the story arc of charmed is uh three three sisters 
who are the most powerful witches on Earth, and they use their power of three to uh, fight demons. Now, again, um, in terms of genetic witchcraft or how powers can be passed down, it is very, like, it is accurate in that sense. However, have, uh, when witches have, like, the individual powers, their powers are obviously exaggerated, like how Prue can, like, wave her hand and throw someone against the wall or Piper being able to freeze time. Uh, Phoebe's premonitions, like, that one is probably the most plausible of, of the, the three gifts. But, again, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, Wiccan principles within Charmed, like, uh, the power, like, the power of three. Of course, um, the power of three is something that kind of goes all the way back through to, uh, the, the Weird Sisters or, um, the Fates, you know, like, the, the three and one, and all of that kind of is tied into a lot of, you know, witchcraft practices, and it's something that you see in a lot of other witch movies as well, like The Witches of Eastwick, Hocus Pocus. Another thing that I really do like about Charmed were, um, were their, their spells, their rhyming couplets, like, that it actually became, like, a signature thing on, on the show. But the way that they are constructed is actually perfect for spellcraft. Like, it's actually written in, like, the correct format when uh, crafting an incantation. Like, stating, like, what's lacking and then what's desired and then, like, having the those, those near rhymes to, you know, make it flow off the tongue more easily. And whereas, like, I'll sometimes do spells in different languages as well, like if the mood hits me. Those rhyming couplets in, in Charmed is actually what I use as an inspiration when writing spells in English. Um, when it comes to fighting demons, like of course, you know, witches don't, you know, go around protecting the innocent and hunting down, you know, demonic supernatural forces that are out to hurt humanity. And I think like their whole idea of, you know, demons is really, um, Christian, in a sense, like these evil beings who, you know, want to cause harm to humanity. They want to hurt innocent people. But there is one little aspect to that. Um, something that my mom always believed, because my mom, you know, she was a Christian witch, and she kind of had that same almost mindset when it come, when it came to certain entities. When we are faced with the, you know, malevolent entities, uh, witches are actually able to do a lot to, you know, bind them, banish them, even if you want to use the term vanquish. <laughs> uh, nothing ever truly dies. You know, we are all made of energy, and energy can either be created nor destroyed. But uh, when I say, like, you know, vanquish, it's like you don't just send it back to where it came. You actually, you know, um, scatter itself throughout time, <laughs> throughout time and space. And how witches are able to do that is because... Um, you know, we are able to um, stimulate and channel and manipulate various forces. Another thing that I liked in Charmed, they actually had male witches. I mean, they didn't come in until like later in the season, but you know, they actually did have male witches. That's another thing too, if uh, we want to go back to a, a certain nomeculars. The auction house in the first two seasons that Prue worked in was called uh, Buckland's Auction, auction House. Uh, so that's another like kind of Wiccan Easter egg in the show. Um, now, I, I noticed on Buffy the Vampire in particular that um, they ref they referred to witches as as Wicca. Now, and I find that interesting because people don't even do that today. The word Wicca 
is actually an old English word that means a practitioner of magic, but more specifically, it actually means a male practitioner of magic. Um, and interestingly enough, is that it's actually pronounced incorrectly if you're talking about Old English. Um, Old English, it's actually pronounced witcha, which is where you probably can tell where the word witch eventually came from. Where, did that, witcha, where did that come from? Old English. It's Old English. Interesting, because there so, was a reconstructionist witta mm -hmm. with T's. Oh yeah, that's something different. That's okay. totally something different. But um, but which so which uh, w i c c a is actually mm. specific to a male practitioner of magic. Which 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 is a female practitioner of Wicca, and which is the term of you know all magical practitioners. So it's interesting that it's used today as a religion. Interestingly enough, though, they pronounce it as Wicca, not Wicca. Uh, but so, but I found I found that kind of interesting that they chose to use that as, you know, the 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 proper, more proper, if you will, um, verbiage for calling a, a witch. So. Um. I, I actually loved, really did like Buffy. It's funny how like Buffy and Charm were kind of on at the same time and they would kind of like Easter egg each other. <laughs> like if um, it's seen in um, in the Charmed universe that Buffy is actually a show within that universe, but also in the Buffy verse, Charmed is a show in that universe. That one um, does have a little bit of accuracies when it do does come to, you know, again, their spells and their incantations. You don't really see it a whole lot. I think you only see like maybe one or two one or two witches whose um, magic was kind of pa passed down to them, whereas, you know, other ones like like Willow, like she wasn't born a witch. But, you know, that kind of, but something I kind of did like about that, though, is that, um, you know, it showed that, you know, you don't have to be born a witch to become a really, to be a powerful witch, which is something that's actually true. I do like how their power um, was their what was their own they didn't really need to you know draw it from an external source or access it when their eyes would turn black obviously like you know like a witch's eyes don't go full black when they're performing you know like a powerful spell i think where they may have gotten that from is um they say that when one is working with a lot of magical energies or channeling a lot of energies um, their pupils will dilate, making their eyes almost appear completely black. But also, if you typically think about um, the setting of when one is casting a spell, it's usually dark with just candlelight. So obviously, it's like, you know, that can make one's eyes look, look bigger, too. <laughs> both of them, both shows, like some of the other shows we've already and movies we talked about, you know, they're using the actual correct herbs a lot of times similar to or very close to what their usages are for sometimes not sometimes they would they would um, use it uh, based on what one would normally not consider using those but then again we always say you know there's different uses for them depending on culture and tradition so that was kind of a hard one for me to say eh it's wrong per se but but since we know most of their stuff is what was wicca based you know it, it was a little bit out of out of um, line with what they, what was considered um, 
correct, I guess. But and here um, I'm gonna throw a comic book nerd thing in because <laughs> I I collect the Willow comics and I have for okay. the longest time. And it's funny because in the comic book, there's not really any Wicca anything in the Willow comic book. Like she's just straight up a witch. They don't really talk about it. And um it's just so really different from the show with her that it is in the comic books. Because I mean, solely it's it's the Willow comic books, and it shows her doing like like it's more more reality based in the comic books. Like her doing her rituals, her having to shop for stuff, her doing her magic, and it's not really fantastical. Because there's one comic I have of hers. And she's on some kind, it's like, it's the beginning of her, you know, how she discovered becoming, like, she had these witch powers and stuff. And it's her constantly like, okay, this didn't work. I got to try it this way. You know, her trial and error is like, we really do in real life versus her in the show. And I, I really like the comic line of Willow because they didn't fantasticalize her in the book. Because actually, I think one of the writers on the comic book themselves is a practitioner. Um, he's been a practitioner for years. So he actually uses his real life and his friends and group's real life situation to put and make Willow an actual human or like more real life character in the books versus the show. Well, I love that you bring that up, too, because, again, it only reiterates the point. You know, we're predominantly talking about um, movies and TV shows, which we know for a fact are created for entertainment. You know, so so it would stand to reason that although they wanted elements of truth in there, that if they stuck to that, that they were probably too worried that it wasn't going to be interesting enough for the mass populace. And so they would have to, they would want to put in things that are more recognizable. And even back then, even though Wicca was not as generally recognizable, it still was known. And so that is, was more recognizable um, and of course, the 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 fantastical results. Um, that's that's what their audience wanted, right? Whereas when you talk about comics, I think that the beauty about comics, not to go on a full tangent here, but you know, I think the creators have much more leeway because they understand that it's um it's a much it, it, the the audience is more finite. You know, the audience is. Um, much more appreciative of that. Yeah, um, exactly. and, and, and interestingly enough, and again, kind of a tangent here, but interestingly enough, you know, what she mentioned is not unusual for comic creators. There is actually quite a number of comic creators that are magical practitioners, occult practitioners yeah. of some kind. A Grant Morrison, I mean, come on. Yeah, you, you know, know, look at that. And, like, it's just amazing because, like, like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Willow in the show and stuff, but, like, when it mm -hmm. comes down to the books, like, the comic books, like I said, I'm a 
giant comic nerd. And like the comic books that I'm more attracted to are when they put in their personal, you know, experiences into the characters. And like, that's what makes me love my Willow comic books and Buffy ones because they, they intertwine and it, it's, not these fantastical situations like in the shows and stuff and it's just like it makes you feel like okay this is a real experience when you read it versus when you watch it now the other thing that i i or i shouldn't say other thing one thing that i that i appreciated specifically about the charmed the original charmed and you also saw that in the in the reboot is um you know how they depicted it truly as modern day you know, you didn't have to have the huge ass cauldron. <laughs> you know, what did they use? Probably the vast majority of the time, they used their pots and pans. Because that's what we have today. That's what we use. You know? Are the big so, and, and, see, just... and see, this is the craziest thing about that is most of the things that were being made in those cauldrons weren't potions like you like to think of them like potions in a movie they were soup they were stews they were food this is what people used to cook dinner in that's why it was so much more common that's what they had if they had a crock pot i promise you they would have used that bitch like (laughs) i guarantee it so go ahead you don't have to buy a stupid cauldron because where are you going to cook on it in your in your suburban house (laughs) <laughs> and and let's be real, you know, that that's a, that stuff is not cheap. You know, yeah. So the cauldrons that you hella expensive. Usually what, what most people have, including myself, you know, we have the little ones that maybe we'll use for incense because that's all I could afford. Mm-hmm. I would I love to get do. a big one one day, you know, but um but yeah. Pots and pans so, it is. So if, unless you guys have specific other TV shows you want to mention, I was going. I do to have shift. a movie, but I, but you go first. I have a you, I you have a first. movie too. I have a movie too. Okay. I think we're going to go over a little bit, but um. So when it comes to, well, I guess this kind of can play into movies too. But I have read and heard it about it mostly as it pertains to TV shows and series, specifically most recently um the the sabrina remake that netflix did they Um. will have they were talking about how behind the scenes like things would be really weird and creepy now i know for a fact that they had actual occultists there telling them things as i watched the series i thought it was decent for what it was um but i went into it knowing what it was i knew that there was going to be some things that are real in it but that it this is fiction (laughs) so i went into it like that and i liked it as far as storytelling i liked it as i went i would point out to uh, my husband like hey that that's some real shit like no that's some real shit too so i know that they're occultist uh advisors were there and doing their job there's a lot of things that were rooted in reality in that series but um of course made it super fantastical but what do you guys think about when the celebrities come out and they're like dude when we were filming this and this and this happened it was terrifying i felt scared the whole time blah 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 um basically saying that because they're 
sometimes they imply it. Sometimes they flat out say that, hey, because we were filming on this subject and using things that are real, real shit happened. I had experiences. Other people had experiences. And it was fucking terrifying. You know, I I remember reading some of that stuff and I, I was very disappointed. Um, and and you you hear that's not unusual to hear, you know. It's you, not. you look no. you look back at the original Exorcist, you know, and the um you know they talk about like oh yeah we were cursed and blah 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 you know. Um, On poultry guys. The poultry guys also yeah exactly even things as even pe- even things as non occultist as like Passion of the Christ. Yeah. I remember hearing you know, all that stuff. I, I, me being the kind of person that, um, you know, usually, and this is why I have a hard time with, with politics, is that unless I can uh, confidently say that I truly know and understand, like I truly read, you know, every single page of that bill, or I, um, or I was there, uh, um, where they were filming and saw what they're, you know, I, I'm not going to judge or have an opinion because I truly wasn't there. We have to go by what somebody else is saying. But um, I, I, at the same time, I also feel like. Um, you know, we people just in general, whether you have abilities or not, whether you practice or not, you know, we create our own realities. And if you are a Bible thumping, you know, scared to death uh, of things like that, um, if you think witches or, or devils, if you're scared of demons and things like that, you know, um, you can certainly uh, manifest your own things. There's um, also imagination and Mm -hmm. things can happen and people can just say oh that must be that when maybe it was you know very very um explainable you know and and so that that it kind of bothers me when i read that because you know there's going to be enough people out there who are going to take that and ride with it you know especially like your evangelicals and stuff like that you see that's what you get for messing with the devil blah 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 and um, when perhaps, um, you know, really there there was a truly mundane explanation for something, but because somebody was fearful enough or superstitious enough, you know, that um, that they were like, no, no, it has to be fantastical. It must be, it must be a demon. We certainly were tapping into stuff. You know, when you look at the stuff that they used, you know, uh, uh, um, and what they were doing uh, with it, you know, knowing magical practice it doesn't often translate into what they say that they were witnessing it's like okay that Mm -hmm. that sounds you know sucks for you that that happened but what does that have to do with what you were doing yeah that literally had nothing to do with what you were doing however i do think that when you are messing with things and using it for entertainment value and if that is tied to any kind of energy and that energy feels like hey i don't like this this is disrespectful yeah you might feel a little it it might make you feel a little uncomfortable and that i can totally agree with and see and that's the interesting thing about this whole conversation is that you know it's easy on the surface you know to laugh and say of course that's not real you know or but 
it's just as easy, you know, to to if you really wanted to drill down into the weeds. And I don't I think I just mixed two sayings that were totally incorrect. But you get what I'm trying to say. If if you really want to drill down, you know, yeah, you can talk about things like that. You know, you can talk about pissing off certain entities that perhaps were aware, perhaps there was enough to get their, get their attention and they feel slighted. You know, they're insulted. Absolutely. They 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 talked about Hecate every third word, oh especially the last season. <laughs> I mean, another thing, know, too, is they have occultists there working with them. Not all of us are good people. Not all of us are going to behave. Some of us like some of us like to scare people. Some of us like to just people feed off different kinds of energy. And some of that is fear. Fear is one of the most potent energies that exist. And so if they can scare you, whether it's just jumping out from behind a door or making you think the devil's out to get you. Especially if they know that's how you think already. Yep. You're an easy target if you're scared of everything. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, yeah, things could happen because you're fucking with this, you know, (laughs) like you're messing with stuff. So yeah, things could, I'm not saying that you didn't feel anything. You probably did. I hope you did, you know, like, (laughs) I hope you did, but cause like you're, you're using something for entertainment value and like you're, you, when you bastardize it and stuff like that, I really hope it does make you feel uncomfortable. I hope you see shadows and stuff moving. I hope it makes you feel uncomfortable because you shouldn't be doing it like real shit. That's how I feel. Like, am I still going to watch it? Yeah. Cause it's entertaining, (laughs) but you know what, Exactly. but, but seriously, like try to do it with some, with some integrity and some respect for what you're taking from and maybe you won't feel as and maybe you won't feel as negative about it sabrina the netflix sabrina i know like that one was brought up that one i feel like really does um it's really synonymous with um the the church of satan or the practice by anton levey especially when it comes to like the whole witch and warlock thing because in that you know, particular practice within the Church of Satan, like females are called witches, males are called warlocks. And they actually did use that as a way to segregate, just like within Christianity, like, you know, the Church of Satan, I think that is just, you know, like, like, it's still very much within that Judeo-Christian dogma, just like how it was in Sabrina. And it's still like, it was still like very patriarchal. Although um, I do like how in other branches or there, there have been other branches that kind of extend from the Church of Satan, where the term warlock is used by both males and females. Um, but yeah, like I, um, the term warlock is generally used within, you know, pra- practices um, within, you know, the magical practices within the Church of Satan, because it's kind of like an ode to Satan or the badge of honor, because um, uh, the the Latin root of the word typically does mean like traitor. Um, yeah. But yeah, once again, uh, there were the Weird Sisters, um, an iteration of the Weird Sisters. Um, I really did like their spells as well. I um, and they actually did put in a lot of or uh, cer- certain things when it came to you know like their their spells and their their rituals. I mean like um, yeah the uh, the way the incantations were done. Um, some of the ingredients like um, when they're creating a hand of glory and i do like how in season three like they um they started drawing their power from hikate as opposed to satan but that is um you know like something that is um 
inaccurate in terms of true witches. I mean, there are certain, you know, there is a magical practice called the matrigy in which, you know, the practitioner does, you know, have they literally do have to draw their power from an external source, like rather it be, you know, spirit or a deity or something like that. True witchcraft, like our power is our own. Then there is the whole dark baptism thing, which is something that is typically seen in like traditional witching families. I mean, it's obviously not a baptism, but um, like in my practice is called uh, the rite of initiation and dedication. And it's basically where like, it's a it's kind of like a milestone in which like you are recognized as like, you know, like a full witch or a full uh, member of, of the family. And therefore you're able, and therefore you have like full access to, you know, the knowledge and reverence of, you know, your, your ancestors. But um, yeah, again, a lot of fiction. But, um, I did want to talk about one last movie uh, because Brandy, when she was talking about using animals and stuff, I feel like that is something that's not as um, used in entertainment because it's gory and it's ghastly and they don't really want to put that in movies that they're pushing to families. So they want to make it all PG and Disney and fairy godmother type magic. Well, and I never hear anybody like when because we're not the first witchy podcast to talk about movies. Um, like there's whole witchy podcasts that only talk about pop culture references. So, um, but this one is one I've never heard brought up at all, which is bizarre because the whole movie is just riddled with actually like occult references and they don't try to, they don't try to cover it up. So Stardust. Oh yeah, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, uh, it's Michelle Pfeiffer. There's a lot of big names in it, um, but Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be the character that I am talking about. She plays a witch in this movie. Uh, the overall movie, it's like some guy he's in love and he has to like get a fallen star for her, but the fallen star is a person. Whatever. Fast forward. This other character is a witch, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. When you first see her, she is this old, decrepit bald hag that looks like she's like 700 years old and been smoking for all 700 of those years like she looks like the crypt keeper so yeah. she's a witch and she's trying to get the life force from other people and that it's like it just comes from you just kind of see it as a transfer of energy from one right. being to her and it makes her younger so it's playing into the trope of I have to kill people to be young, which we know is stupid and fake and has been cast on witches to condone murdering us for since forever. So that is the part that I think you, they got wildly wrong and I get it. It's for entertainment purposes, but dude, it's an old trope. Find something new. We don't need to kill you to be young. Look at us. Anyway. <laughs> I do want to talk about, we, um, do you want to talk about really quickly the love witch well hold on hold on so, hold on because that wasn't the point i was getting to oh sorry the, the sorry. point was uh when she was talking about animals she's also a scryer but she scries in animal organs and you can see she has cages piled up with ferrets and rabbits and cats or whatever like it's just a bunch of different animals and they do not shy away when it is time for her to do a reading she goes she grabs an animal out the cage she cuts it open and she throws it on the table 
And is it gory? Yep. Is it grotesque? Yep. Are most people going to want to do that? Nope. But they put it in there. They did not shun away from it because this is historically accurate. If you read um, any of our books, if you read the divination one, I briefly mentioned cephalomancy, which is boiling a donkey's head to do uh, scrying or not scrying, just divination with. So using dead animals for occult purposes is long documented. It is long hidden because it is a harsher reality, but it does in fact have roots in reality for us to this day. To this day, people still ritually slaughter animals to cleanse, purify, protect their home, their children. Uh, we had a guest that talked about having to get a goat in a hospital. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, this is still very, very, very today. But it also has ancient roots. Since the very beginning, blood is the life force. But I do want to get this in really quickly. The Love Witch. The Love Witch is a movie that was actually made in 2016. But it takes place what looks like in the sixties or so, and they yeah. film it as if it was in the in in the sixties. Very, very Wicca based. Very Wicca based. Absolutely, and they um, show a actually, whole Wicca ritual. It, <laughs> yes, exactly, and and um, they don't actually use the word, I don't think. Um, but the long and the short of it is, um, I found that to be pretty realistic. Um, yeah. <laughs> what the part the part that is not realistic unless you are crazy is is that um all of the love potions that she made she employed the beneficium you know the poison path into that so yeah all of her lovers died because she freaking poisoned them <laughs> okay right? so don't confuse that with um, you know the uh, the potions that she made automatically kills people. She was crazy as it when it ended. She clearly was crazy. Okay. Yes. But um, but if you go back and watch it though, it actually is it, very telling of the time too. It it takes mm-hmm. place in I think it's Eureka, which was especially back in the sixties was a much smaller uh, northern California town. Community. In fact, many of yeah. us don't even consider it California. It's like you're you're just Oregon. Just call yourself Oregon. But, um, you know, there were there were people that would be like, hey, get out, go home. Like, we don't want you. We don't want you witches here. You know, so it, it was still it was, you know, pretty true telling of the time. Um, so if you haven't watched it, it is a very interesting movie to watch. Just don't think that um, that love potions and things like that, that we kill people because, again, she was crazy. All right. That shit let's, crazy. Let's, let's put that, <laughs> pull that part apart. Yeah, she that okay. shit crazy. So. All right. So like I was saying earlier, like, subscribe. You'll find all of our links below. Um, definitely follow us on Patreon. Bye. Bye.